uh, I, I, before we like you know because uh, yeah. i guess i'll just lead with it my one thing i'll say we'll get jump into it is that it needed more nicholas cage it needed oh, yeah. a lot more nicholas yeah. cage instead of I, these valley yeah. girls and these people that i actually kind of hate like more nick cage would have been fine but you know he was in it which is why i was good yeah he absolutely made the film i think um and he is not in it very much um <laughs> but this is like so as we are sort of going through his filmography, we're going like back and forth. So we already did some of his newer movies. So this is the first of like the older ones that we've done. And this was his like big like breakout role that made him a star. He basically was just a leading actor after this for uh, decades. Um, yeah. But you know what? This can, really, can, yeah, I, can I just say real quick? That makes a lot of sense, man, because... Um, like I said before, I haven't seen many Nick Cage movies, but the title card, like Valley Girl in that hot pink, you know, showing over like the valley or whatever in the, the background, the camera. And then instead of it being like the actress, like Julie, you know, who's like, I mean, it was a movie about her. She's the Valley Girl, you know, but it was just as much about Nick Cage. But his name was the first actor's credit that you see. Like it's Valley yeah. Girl, like Nicolas Cage. I was like, oh, shit. OK, yeah. <laughs> so this is a still- Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah. Even though it's it's supposedly named after and starring and directed by a woman, we still need to get make sure that the the white guy gets it. <laughs> exactly, it's exactly. True. <laughs> it's funny they just made him play like this hapless dope. He looks, I don't know, he's just like breathing through his mouth the whole time. <laughs> he really does, man. He's like slack jawed and look like yeah, kind of like Neanderthalish and lumbering. He's like the first scene. First scene where you see speaks, he's like, I don't want to go to the valley. I don't want to go to the valley. I was like, yo, he looks like just a fucking loser. But I guess like yeah. you know, that's the way the rest of the the valley kids see him, you know. So Yeah. And like I I didn't really have any awareness of what this movie was or what it was about, but like even when I was a kid growing up in the nineties, I feel like the phrase like you sound like a valley girl or she is like a valley girl is like something people said. Yeah. through the 90s yeah. after in the wake of this film yeah 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 that's that's a good point and i mean like watching it really was like like i don't know like a time machine sort of because yeah. you know all the like the tropes that we make about like this came out in 83 so i just was taking notes just on the slang in the movie because it was like fucking ridiculous dog like yeah i mean i know we joke about like they were like bitching grody tubular and then tripping dog you know like it's just like it was just kind of like i don't know it was very much like uh yeah like i said like a little time machine man and uh it it was nostalgic for that reason even though i was born in 90 and that's kind of part of the reason why i enjoyed it you know yeah yeah and you said that you've been watching man oh yeah it was a trip yeah i mean very like stylized very like everybody is like uh uh characterized through their clothes where like Nick Cage is uh, uh, wearing like leather jackets and stuff, and the girls all wear pink. Uh, Aaron, you said that you've been like watching stuff from the '90s. What what what's that look like for you? I mean, well, to be fair, I've been watching shows like that came out of the '90s, but that take place in like the 24th century. Like I've been watching oh, Star like, Trek. Like, oh, hell yeah. yeah, Babylon Five and shit. But I guess what I'm saying is that like there's definitely still a way, a manner of like acting in the '90s. It doesn't matter whether it's supposed to be present or contemporary or whether it's supposed to be in the year like 2260 or something right like right. there's just like a kind of narrative sort of thing that 
I mean, I've had conversations about this, right? And I know this is a, uh, you know, this is a movie as opposed to a show, but everything now feels like it's trying to be prestige TV or like, like this very like, I don't want to say art house film because you know most of the films now I feel like are Marvel films, but you get what I'm trying to say. Like there was this kind of 100 man seriousness to it, you know, and it felt like shows and movies back then didn't take themselves too seriously. Sure, you could call it corny or campy. But I enjoyed this for that reason, right? That's the same reason why I like 90s Trek or Babylon 5. There's like, there's a levity to it, you know, even if yeah. serious things are happening, you know what I mean? And this movie, I mean, this movie was just kind of silly. But This movie was 100% vibe. That's like, what's why I like So the first time I watched it, I was like, what the fuck am I watching? So I had to kind of go back and make sure I was like, once I knew what I was getting into, I watched it again. I was like, okay, now I get it. This movie, you don't have to think about it. There's no like semiotics there's no subtext this movie is just all vibes and okay now i get it it actually is this rules so second time around i like a lot more you're so right man i had it on the back in the background while i was like just kind of like you know kind of scroll through twitter and smoke a weed and shit and there was some scenes where i didn't even have to look up from my computer you know what i mean like there are literally some scenes where like i literally was just like oh this is like putting on a podcast while making food or some shit like there's nothing no substance you're not gonna miss anything important i mean you know what the story is it's just like a every other romantic comedy that's loosely based off of like romeo and juliet you know what's gonna happen you know blah 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 you know there's like a couple of little subplots and 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 twists or whatever but like nothing major see i wish i had listened to this episode of a podcast before watching this because i (laughs) was like what is anything going to happen in this movie? Like, what is this about? <laughs> yeah, you know what's interesting is like this is like consistently rated in lists and stuff that you see if you like Nicolas Cage movies ranked or, or whatever. Yeah. So I was expecting it. I, well, I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting this the first time I saw it. So, yeah. you know, I really was kind of like, what the fuck? What is this? You know, but yeah, yeah. Once, yeah. once I knew what I was working with, I just kind of palate cleansed, watched it again a few days later, and it was like way better. Yeah, yeah, because you're expecting, like, there are plots that don't go anywhere, right? So, again, like you are yeah. saying, it's a Romeo and Juliet thing. She's a valley girl. He's, like, a like a punk rock kid or whatever like that. Really grungy or grody, as they would say. And it's, yeah. like, obviously, I mean, like... Skater these, boy as a movie, right? Exactly, exactly, right? But yes, like, exactly. There, there are these subplots, though, like, this one subplot with uh one of the friends of Tommy, which is Julie's ex-boyfriend, like, this valley yep. girl's ex-boyfriend. His friend, Skip right mm-hmm. is also trying to get in a relationship with one of julie's friends but is also attracted to her mom and there's yeah. some weird shit going on <laughs> yeah. where it's like yeah. I mean, classic 80s like you know like boy delivers a package a young man delivers a package while the wife opens the door with like a fucking house robe on or some shit but it doesn't fucking go anywhere it doesn't go anywhere dude. <laughs> it's so fucking funny and so it's like that kind of like uh older kind of movie storytelling where they do a lot of like long lingering shots on actors faces so it just kind of drags a little bit Mm -hmm. as opposed to everything now it's just like a a two three second cut shot so when these subplots don't go anywhere there's just a lot of them staring at each other and it's (laughs) i do it was it's just like it felt kind of like a fever dream the first time i watched it and if if you haven't seen the movie please understand that them staring at each other is very literal there are literal scenes where people are just standing around yeah, yeah. Like a lot of like multiple scenes where the dialogue is like just silence and them like looking at each other. It really felt like I got like hit in the head and I was like, I don't know, like I felt concussed <laughs> watching this a little bit. You, you know, it seemed really kind of fucked me up too bad. Like, like where they uh, where there's that party 
that I guess it's it's not I don't know if it's Julie's house. It's her friend's house or whatever. That yeah. there was this party and all the valley people are there and stuff. And man, like I was just like looking at because like anybody that knows me or like follows me online, I like fashion and shit, right? And I like retros, like eighties, nineties style fashion, right? But not this shit, not this right. valley shit. It was just such a trip. And this is not like. This, like, is a very much a product, obviously, of its time, right? This is not, like, you know, Stranger Things trying to affect an aesthetic of the 80s, right? Exactly. And I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, yo, motherfuckers really walking around with, like, a polo shirt underneath, like, a button-up <laughs> yeah, shirt dude, with a yeah. flipped-up <laughs> collar and shit. And it was just, like, so surreal where it was, like, besides just the slang, it was, like, yo, how could people walk around like this and not be, like... Yo, this is ironic. I mean, maybe because I'm irony poisoned, right? But it was yeah. just like it was just kind of like, all right, man, this is a little bit trippy, but okay, you know. Yeah, there's no none of the uh, bisexual neon lighting presence in. <laughs> <laughs> in this. Yeah, it's actually a really good juxtaposition to Stranger Things, where it's like trying to be '80s, where which is like, no, like this is what they just wanted. This is what they actually wanted to like look like and do was this, yes. not what Stranger Things was going for at all. No bisexual lighting. <laughs> no, yeah, not at all, not at and all. this is and this is especially uh well uh observed in the 2020 film Valley Girl, uh, when this was this Wait, was, there was a remake. Oh, there I sure only was, found out about this like when you, we you guys watched it. Dog, wait, no, did just, you watch it? I didn't oh, yeah. watch it, but I just want to ask y'all a question. Like, all right, I know that this is probably a conversation for the other podcast, but I know like there are material factors as to why, like you know, uh, uh, profit, profit, profiteering, profit seeking value as to why content creators have to mine previous established IPs and remake right. them and kind of regurgitate them. But dog, who the fuck acts for Valley Girl? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it's, who acts for that? Yeah, it's probably just like an algorithm that they just like put into the uh put into their little computer or whatever how much cachet does the phrase valley girl have and it had just enough for them to remake it with the guy uh who was in netflix's the night before christmas k-n-i-g-h-t uh <laughs> don't he, forget good uh, friend of the pod uh logan paul logan paul's oh fucking hell <laughs> they Wait, had to what? actually they had to delay uh uh, I was reading about this. I actually had to delay the release of the remake because of like Logan Paul's controversies. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> they have some like actually famous people: Randall Park and Judy Greer and Rob Hubel are yeah. all in. The- oh, and Mae Whitman from. Uh, I mean, this is kind of like a um, you know, if you read about this movie without seeing it, it's interesting now in hindsight. This is like a lot of directors' favorite movies. This is Kevin Smith's famously his favorite movie where he took Oh wow. What? So here's a here's a little story I read when I was doing some some homework. He actually, when his wife was going into labor, this dude straight up brought a copy of Valley Girl to the hospital for him and his wife to watch while his his child what? was being born. Kevin like Smith said this movie. Kevin Smith. And then he and named also, his daughter uh, and then he named that child uh Harley Quinn. <laughs> it is honestly remarkable that he is not divorced Obviously. i, I would have thought, thought he would have put on an episode of like i don't know batman the animated series or some shit like that like kevin smith put it god like valley girl I mean, yeah that's that's kind of surprising also one of quentin tarantino's favorite movies famously as well i mean wow. why do, why do yeah. y'all think that this i mean i guess i'm kind of answering the question right is like i mean this was a product of his time i felt like this is a vibe that, setter man it's a vibe setter, dude, and people just really. I was looking up all the reviews, and like after I watched it, sure, I enjoyed it, but I mean, 
and I'm not saying that every movie has to have artistic merit or anything like that, but no, I guess like I was just like, yo, why did people I mean, I liked it, but people really fucking seemed to enjoy it. And then I'm like, well, I was born in 1990, right? Like watching this for me is like, oh, this is a silly 80s movie. But maybe yeah. for people then they were like, oh, no, this is like this is like what it's actually like to be in like this little subculture, you know, sure. with these fucking popular kids, which I don't know if that really happens. I mean, maybe that happens. I'm not in high school, so I wouldn't know, you know. Here's the thing, though. It's like this really, like, we're three irony poison podcasters watching this in 2022. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not, like, kids that were watching it when it came out. It's just, like, it's just one of those things that, like, we're never really going to get it or, like, it's never going to be, like, our thing. So you can watch it, and it's just, like, opening a time capsule. It's like, this is crazy, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But this but really I was, will... like, a thing for a lot of people at that time. In defense of the haters, uh, I will say that if you compare this Vibes movie to Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which Nick Cage is also very briefly in, and um, another movie, Just One of the Guys, where a girl pretends to be a boy to be on a sports team or something. Yeah. I don't remember. But I've seen both of those. I thought both of those were a lot more fun and a lot more, like, character forward. I think this movie really suffered because, like, you're just sort of like playing off of stereotypes like they don't Everyone's really caricature like... so yeah and the thing about this too is like one of the reasons that i liked it but it's kind of what also made it weak in a way is um <clears throat> martha what's it martha coolidge the director you know this was directed by a woman and um you can kind of see that and in, instead of like playing with stereotypes that would make all the women characters just stupid and detestable or whatever like this what i liked about this movie was that it legitimately like was thoughtful and kind to the characters that are in it and that it didn't Absolutely. really rely on like stereotypes and tropes for particularly the women characters. But, you know, you kind of need a little bit of that like stupidity or that kind of extreme or just whatever mm-hmm. to, I don't know, I guess it would just contrast the story a little bit better. I think, you know what I mean? So it's like a strength starts weaknesses in that way. No, I know what you mean because I mean, like, despite the uh beside the fact that you had like the valley kids and then you had like all these like uh, uh punk rockers or i guess would be skater kids now whatever these alternative kids you also had julie's parents you know yeah who were like who were these caricatures of hippies but it wasn't mean right it wasn't yeah. like it wasn't mean-spirited like there's a scene where she's asking her father who does she decide between tommy or randy which is nick yeah. cage's character and he says some like really hippy dippy shit, but it's really sweet where he's like, yo, like everybody should be able to do what they want to do and they shouldn't feel pressured, right? To like be somebody else. And it was kind of like, you know, I feel like in 2022, anything that comes out now that is like, you know, even using a caricature of a subculture or a people, it's very mean spirited, right? It's there yeah, to like right. po- po- point, like poke, make, make fun, you know, in like a really mean way. And this was just kind of like, nah, dude, your parents are cool, you know? There's even scene where he's like smoking weed in the bathroom. I mean, it was it was charming and funny, you know. Yeah, and that is actually the case in Fast Times as well. There's um like, if you listen to like boomers and older people talk about Fast Times, they're like, yeah, that teacher was such a dick, and and Spicoli's so cool. And in Fast Times, I'm sure you guys have seen it, but for those of you who haven't, um, Spicoli, Sean Penn's character, orders a pizza, has it delivered to a classroom, and the stuck up teacher is like, uh you're you're on my time you can't be doing that and like uh um there's uh spicoli owns him so hard and then at the end of the movie spicoli wants to go to prom and the teacher shows up to his house 
and says, well, now that we're on your time, we're, I'm going to teach you history. And it's actually like really heartwarming. And the and the way I always heard heard that scene talked about is like, oh, the teacher gets so owned and he's such a prick. But nobody brings up that at the end, the teacher wants to make sure that Spicoli gets his education and like goes out of his <laughs> yeah. way to help him. Yeah. And then they have like a sort of respect for each other at the end. And I, I feel like there is a bit of that part here as well. Just like people. That teacher uh, was the last uh, person to respect Sean Penn, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, it's 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 funny, like there is a sort of mean spiritedness that you get now. Actually, Stranger Things isn't so guilty of this, but a lot of like nostalgia based uh, content is like the somebody's going to like basically get the back to the future treatment of like getting pushed into a pile of literal shit or something yeah. like something <laughs> yeah. bad is going yeah. to happen to the bad person and yeah. and this one is just kind of like yeah they're a little they're a little dopey but they're not bad people they mean Except well for uh what's his name? uh nick cage's uh friend that guy kind of sucked he was getting a little gropey in the car oh uh, uh bailey yeah yeah, yeah. Got, yeah. With the he had when he he had a pink, he had a, like a pink. His hair in the front was like pink at first, and then it was like turquoise at the end. Yeah, Bailey, that that dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, anyway. was, he was he was a weirdo. He was definitely a that's weirdo. like her. Go like, ahead, sorry. Yeah, I was just gonna say like that's sort of like as far as scenes like that go in these movies, like it's way worse than like Revenge of the Nerds. Oh has, like, yeah, multiple rapes. So coming like, off of movies like that, like th yeah. Revenge of the Nerds and fucking Porkies and stuff. I expected yeah. that kind of thing to be way worse. And it, you know, it wasn't perfect, yeah. of course, because it had that scene. But that's like Disney compared to some of the other movies that were being made at this time. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, for sure. I mean, honestly, there weren't any. I mean, like, whenever I watch stuff like this, you know, I mean, I'm very much aware of, like, again, this is a product of the time. And, like, I'm going to see things that are going to be, like, outdated or fucked up. But this was, like... I mean, this was kind of wholesome, you know? There was nothing really where I was like, oh, this is, like, problematic. Not to say that, like, anybody should be watching anything, especially from 1980-something, you yeah. know, and looking for that shit. You understand, you know, again, like, you know, this came out then, right? These were, like, thoughts and attitudes. But this was, like, I mean, it was kind of, like, wholesome again, you know? It was, Even it the scene any... where Nick Cage is, like, hanging out in the bathroom in the party, like, there could have easily, like, if, if uh, uh, like, a shitty director had... had had the reins on this like it very easily could have been like nick cage doing something perverted in the bathroom or whatever but even exactly. that was like i mean you know you look at it like out of context or like in hindsight it's like yeah man like <laughs> nick cage just gawking at people in the shower that's a little whatever yeah, yeah that like, like, that actually happened though right that scene was like when it started and he's like in the bathtub or the shower or whatever i was like oh yeah this is this is gonna be this is going to be not good, huh? That's exactly it was, what I'm yeah. <laughs> Some of that 1980s movie magic, baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was watching it. It was like a slight groan that yeah. was like really yeah. low at first that was rising. I was like, oh, come on, dude. But then it was like, oh, you're just waiting for her to come yeah. to the bathroom. Yeah. Okay. And then, like, nothing terrible happened and nobody was assaulted. And I was like, oh, well, I guess, I mean, I didn't know at the time. I, I looked up after I watched it that it was directed by a woman. And I think that does make a world of difference, especially oh, in yeah. 1983. Same, exactly. Like, I was like, why? Like, I was kind of questioning why there wasn't more just, like, shitty. I mean, there was shitty aspects about this movie, but not in that way, right? So I kind of looked it up. And I didn't know that it was had been directed by a woman until I watched it the second time. And it's like, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, again, I think that, like, you know, as you guys said, in the hands of any other director, right, 
um, it would have been like, I mean, there would have been like a gross, like, like fucked up scene probably. But yeah, I kind of felt not that I felt bad, but I was like, damn, bro, I'm projecting my, you know, like, like, like whatever biases that I have inherently in the in the year 2022, I'm projecting it to this movie back then. Maybe it's right. like, you know, realize like, oh, it is directed by a woman. Also, too, pretty wholesome film, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think what what we were all sensing there is probably what was in the screenplay, which was written by a man. And there was probably like that bathroom scene probably had something he did that uh some liner notes where it's like saxophone music playing and he's just (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so the script is probably something heinous happens and she was just like you know what that actually wouldn't be very funny if that happened in a movie so i'm not gonna do it um or something i mean it did feel like there was that and then there was the um the scene where um at the end where um is it julie where yeah, uh um uh, no not Julie, the other one. Uh um, Susie and her and Beth and the stepmom. And at the end where you don't know if it who he is having sex with, if yes. it's the stepmom or the Yeah. So that probably played a little bit differently on the page that it ended up in the in the in the Oh, the movie. dude who wrote it definitely fucking had the kid fucking her mom, right? But like yeah. you know, that, that and that's the way that it was set up, right? It was set up so he walks in while someone is taking a shower, claiming to return Susie's book, and then then it just like cuts to another scene and then someone comes home and obviously like you're thinking though, oh, it's the fucking daughter. She's about to catch her shitty boyfriend. And you yep. expect it from these dudes, right? And it's like, oh no, dude, he was just like hooking up with this actual girlfriend in his mom's bed, you know, in her mom's bed. Like, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, as, that's as one does. As one does. <laughs> you know, you know what did fuck me up too, though? Like, uh, I mean, that did, they do the same thing back then. I, I like it more when they have kids that actually look like the role, the age they're supposed to play. Yeah. yeah. I, got, I got super confused at that party scene when it was Susie's stepmom, I guess. And like her dad or boyfriend, I guess. Um, or I guess that's her father. And I was like, yo, I was so confused. I was like, oh, all these people look the same age to me, dog. <laughs> I was yeah, like, I can't yeah. tell between this yeah. kid is supposed to be a kid, but he looks like he's fucking 30. You know what I mean? Yeah, I heard, like, when that scene was on, actually, literally, like, my wife was walking around outside of the room, and I was like, come in here. Who Who is the kid? <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, I don't know. Especially yeah. I was like, that's what I thought. Well, especially too, because the parents are just letting them drink in the house and shit. They're like, "Let the kid drink," and like they don't know they're doing drugs, but they are fucking doing drugs there, you know? Yeah, party parents, dude. Hell yeah, <laughs> valley parents. Man. Every group of friends had one set of parents that just was like, "Oh, as long as you're doing it here and being safe." Yeah, and I, we and were not was... being safe. But, you know. <laughs> and this is pre Oprah, right? So the parents don't even have something they're watching. Like Oprah really got moms, especially, to be thinking like. Every kid from the age of about 11 onward is doing drugs every day, and you just have to catch them doing it. And this was like, yeah, you could have kids drinking and and not even know what marijuana is as a parent. Like the moral panics hadn't really... Because what what year was this? This 83. 83. So yeah, the moral panics were, um, like when they were probably writing this in, probably hadn't really set in or started that Not No, it was... It was satanic stuff. They thought that the devil was real, but they did not think... Oh, yeah, yeah. That kids were huffing uh, their own cum to get high or whatever that, that came later. <laughs> yeah. Yo, that's such a good point, man. Because, like, I was a little bit surprised at the... I mean, again, this was a vibes movie, so I don't think this was the point. But 
you know, subconsciously, like just as a product again of its time, like movies like this, I feel like would have had like this condemnation of drug use or like these kids getting fucked up at this party. Someone's going to get raped or killed or something like that. And yeah, I guess this came out like right before that. So you see these kids like, I mean, again, even the dad smoking fucking weed in the bathroom and it was fine, you know? Yeah. Vibes movie. It was vibes. We're blessed blessed for that, man. Well, I think we've been a little bit uh, charitable. So whack, you didn't like it. No, let's talk (laughs) some shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was about 40 minutes in when I was like, oh, is that what this is about? Um, which it ap- yeah. appears to be about 40 minutes into the movie. You realize that it's about a guy trying to win back his girlfriend who broke up with him. Mm. Uh, but he is the villain. So he basically really the wasn't pr- that bad. I mean, he wasn't good, but like that's a, that's what I, kind of what I wanted to get at Tommy specifically, where like this movie was almost too nice to its characters because like he was a douchebag or whatever. But like. They really could have like thrown in some like tropes or something to make this guy a bigger asshole. He could have made him a yeah. football player, man. Made him like an actual jock. You know, I mean, yeah. all he was, he was just like a popular dickhead. But they could yeah. have made him. They could. Have, he should have deserved what happened to him at the end. It probably should have been worse. You know, but exactly. he didn't, it didn't warrant that. You know, he yeah, he should have cheated or something or like any. Well, like, he kind of did. He kind of uh, well, he didn't because they had he already broken up with Julie, but he was messing thing. around with their friend. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It it didn't seem it it was at like a parade, right? That he was like trying to like get get her back or whatever. Um but like the rest of it really it like especially up until like halfway through the movie, it really is just people like getting ready for a party, just like doing Literally, the movie starts with shopping. Yes, it really is people getting ready for a party. Yeah, so the last decade where America was actually just like on top and kicking ass, and that was just what movies were about. Like, hell yeah, we're all going to party and just shop. We're going to go to the mall that people still go to. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No cynicism of the 90s yet, nothing like that. No no pre-9-11, like everything is still going good. No end of history, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and just going along with like the the mall scene and the sort of like lack of 80s nostalgia here the mall is a lot closer to the mall in uh uh what the fuck the zombie movie oh uh, oh oh one oh, of the dead dawn of the dead yeah yeah, yeah. it's they, a lot closer I swear to the, the same mall yo i swear yeah. it's the same mall dog. it looked like the same fucking mall it did look which like is, the same mall now that you see yeah. mention it <laughs> which is so funny because there's like a like hunting store and like an actual pawn shop those things are not present in like the nostalgia type movies of like uh fear street or uh, uh stranger things where it's like this mall is not like that this is a lot more like a strip mall but with inside of one <laughs> yeah. cohesive thing probably got a bail bond shop in there nah, it's not yeah 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 probably not <laughs> <laughs> probably not um but a lot more likely to have a bail bond shop than it is to have like a uh like a a, a a neon lit video rental store. Yo, example. dude, yeah, there was even an arcade in this one, yo, which like right. who knows to like and still, I mean, I'm saying it as if it was made today. See, that's yeah. how warped my brain is, right? Like my brain's so warped <laughs> while I'm thinking about it like stranger things. But no, this came out in the eighties. Yeah. Um and I, I I think that the like if you go into it knowing that this movie is all about vibes, I guess that's a good way to enter it. But yes, it is basically 
the plot of the song Skater Boy by Avril Lavigne um, <laughs> is this film. Yeah. And uh, the subplot is the plot of the song uh, Stacy's Mom. <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah that hell was yeah that was good. hell yeah <laughs> um sure. but yeah the 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 gender politics are better than they deserve the race politics are also better than you would expect because they like they get into like a sort of rival gang situation with some low riders but there's nobody doing like any like, like brown face or, or crazy dog. act that's yeah. anything there no slurs, that, no, <laughs> no slurs, yeah, no slurs. There was also that uh, that interracial couple, or I guess the white guy at the party, the the valley party was talking to this black chick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was like, okay, dude, like, yeah, know, 83 in the valley, like that's actually you know better than you could probably have anticipated, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I will give it a little bit of credit since since you know you guys have been so positive. You've sort of brought me a little bit over to uh, peer pressure and appreciation. Peer yeah. pressure, you bullied you. But, but what did it you? What did you like about it though? Because there's a lot the, of things nothing, that I like about it. Yeah, 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 just yeah the, Nothing happened. I think was yeah. the big. Yeah. Was it could have been a little shorter. Could have been a bit shorter. The subplot with uh, Skip and the mom. I mean, fuck that. That was just pointless. But yeah, yeah. I I mean, honestly, like I said too, like I like. I like Nicolas Cage. I haven't seen enough of his movies, and I like him. I seem to like him as a person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he seems cool. Um, but I like him because I think, like, anything he said before that he'll literally almost do anything, you know? And it's, like, funny thinking of something like Con Air and then, like, you know, him in this movie playing two very different roles. But every time mm-hmm. he's on camera, I'm just like, yes, more Nick Cage. And what I didn't like, you know, it was a vibes movie, but it could have done well with more Nick Cage vibes, you know, like he was missing for like a good 30 minutes of the film. And I'm just kind of like, yo, none of these Valley people. Sure. He's also a caricature, a pastiche, I guess, whatever. But he's at least more interesting just because he's fucking Nicolas Cage, even though he has a dopey fucking look to him. Yeah. than any of these fucking Wonder Bread, you know what I'm saying? Like superficial people in the movie. So like, it was kind of like, you know, I don't know. It was, you know, there, I would say too, you know, um, that p- the part where it does kind of focus on him when he goes out and gets drunk and almost gets in the fight with the lowriders and stuff. It's like, okay, well, like the, there's a bit of a, a pretty drastic tone shift in the movie there too, which is interesting. It's know? almost like leaving Las Vegas, bro. It almost, it almost like a, a foreshadowed. Have y'all seen that one? Or oh yeah. That's one of my favorites. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's what it reminded me of. Cause I've seen that one. It was kind of like him walking around in the streets, drunk and screaming and shit. I don't know. So like, you know, uh, any listeners of this podcast by the time this drops will know that's a, that's a to- totally a Nick Cage thing. He always, almost always plays a character that has some struggle or some substance, typically alcohol problems. I mean, it's in almost every role that he does is, mm. I mean, it's just funny to see how this is like his first credited role as Nicolas Cage. Right. And he's still yeah. doing that. Yeah. 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 He, he, that's like something he, ins- he, he has like things he inserts into movies where he like asks to, add like the same like pathos and it, it, not only a level of pathos but the same level of pathos where it's like he wants to have an addiction he wants to save somebody from a bad situation he wants a redemption and arc and you know, yeah. yeah these are it's, all things that he like sort of it's all actually based all of that is just based on valley girl he just got that first <laughs> high from from this story he's like i have to relive that in every movie 
Yeah, it's just the Nick Cage extended universe, man. You know? <laughs> yeah. like, you gotta, it's like this consistent character that's played off over different times, eras, locations. Yeah. Started with the Valley Girl, man. Yeah. Well, what else, Wack? Let's 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 keep talking. Uh, the music shit. we haven't we haven't talked about the music. Okay, uh, so there's a big gripe for me. They're supposed to be like punk rockers, right? There's like zero punk rock in this movie. And yeah, you know, no punk rock. That yeah. that did kind of stick out. It, it did. I mean, I'm not big on music like that, but it did seem like um there there were there were songs that I'd heard before, you know, and songs that are used in fucking commercials now, which I guess yeah. I think is safe from being used in a commercial now. But I think even then, those songs were like pop rock songs you know it wasn't yeah, like dude, it was like new wave and shit like it wasn't there was no like none at all punk in that so yeah yeah yeah, yeah but i think like the <laughs> audience at the time could have been convinced that uh the song i'll melt with you is punk rock because like <laughs> if you don't listen to any it's of pretty that, heavy dude. it's like <laughs> yeah it's pretty hardcore um which is that that is that same song used in breakfast club i feel like a lot of the like uh crossover sort of hits uh uh played in a lot of these teen movies but um the one that i really that stood out to me was um a song i had not heard before this film by who is it by josie cotton the song johnny are you queer yes yes <laughs> that they played yes uh, i think it played more than once in the movie too yeah yeah um that was that was a product of its time absolutely so i mean obviously queer isn't like strange right like i mean clearly not in the way that it's used today to talk about like gender or sexual identity. no i think she was or calling was him gay yeah, no i oh, think that's shit, what really for real? <laughs> but not in a good way though god damn oh okay. yeah all right all right valley girls okay all right strike one. <laughs> strike one you're on thin ice then the there's the council has to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> work okay we're canceling this movie we got one strike we need two more they did also use spaz in this movie. Um, they did. Uh, there was an exchange between Julie and her little sister where they both said it to each right. other. They called each other spaz. <laughs> oh, shit. Ableism. That's strike two. But and then, honestly, the car scene, strike three. This movie's done. <laughs> yeah. So I am on the Wikipedia page for Johnny Are You Queer right now. Um, mm. And under critical reception, it says the song was subject uh of controversy upon its release cotton was accused of multiple conservative groups of promoting homosexuality and one network claimed there was no josie cotton and she was actually a gay man who was trying to convert unsuspecting <laughs> straight men into a homosexual lifestyle you know what i love about the right wing dude is that <laughs> it doesn't matter whether it's 1960 or 1980 or 2022 they're very consistent the same they're just playing the hits <laughs> Yes. You got you got to give it to them. They're always just playing the hits. So the right wing said you're trying. They're trying to turn kids gay. The Village Voice yeah. and the Advocate Nicholas were both Cage highly confirmed groomer. <laughs> the Village Voice and the Advocate were both highly critical of Johnny. Are you queer? The Village Voice criticized the work in an article titled "Josie, Are You a Bitch." <laughs> wow! Wow! Woke, wokely, like uh, yeah. sexism, you know, saying like. God so damn, this no. song pleased precisely no one at the time. It seems like <laughs> so that's the punk rock element, I guess. There's your punk rock. Is this new wave pop hit? The uh, uh, Johnny, yeah, the centrist punk song. What's the? If you're <laughs> <pissed> <laughs> off the left, yeah, I'm the right. You're doing it right. 
Oh shit, man. You know what? That's actually I wonder then when so I guess that's that's what critics had to say and like obviously political uh like political entities and shit. But I wonder if like yeah, if this was like the punk rock in the movie, the song that was so I guess maligned by these two sides. And I wonder if people I don't know, maybe if people in the theater like or watching the movie actually enjoyed it, you know? Like I'm also wondering about the audience for this film. You know what I'm saying? Because people like Kevin Smith and Tarantino, like People actually really seem to enjoy it, and it seems like that song might have been a right fit for the audience. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I it it's a very sort of like, you know, dialogue forward movie, and and there were other ones around the time. I don't know when each of these came out. I could look it up, but like mm-hmm. uh, Diner and The Big Chill, or all these like sort of just a a type of dude hanging out. Which like it makes sense that Kevin Smith and Tarantino would like that kind of movie, but I mm-hmm. I I do wonder like like you said about like what people thought about the soundtrack as it was, because it looks like um, it was like released several times, mm. even through like the nineties, even like 10, 15 years later, people wanted these songs, wanted this soundtrack and like, yeah, I don't well, know. Speaking like, of stranger things that I, I melt with you song was in stranger things too, I believe. So that was, Oh, was a it a callback? Yeah. yeah. It's been in a couple, it was like in 50 first dates and stuff too. You know, you know what, man? I'm thinking about watching this, man. Aside from the soundtrack, all of the this really was like the quintessential '80s like teen rom com, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Like now that I I've never seen this movie, so it's my first time watching it. I'm remembering all of these other movies that I've seen and these tropes. And again, Stranger Things are just in the forefront of my mind because I'm trying to watch like the last two episodes that came out. But I'm like, oh, dude, like this is this is the film that kind of started all of that. And Nick Cage kind of makes sense that he was like one of the lead actors of the 90s because not only just because of like you know his um you know his like him as an actor but also because he was part of this like cultural i don't know maybe i'm talking about this movie like you know giving a little bit too much credit but it feels like a cultural milestone that just for some reason when they saw it really resonated with them you know what i mean like if you think about i don't know we're vaguely similar in age i think there's a little variance but if you think about like what was the romantic comedy of like when you were a kid or something? I'm thinking about like 2000s romantic comedies. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean honestly, what was no. the tone setter? Ah man, I can't. I even think, um, I think it was a few. I mean, Fifty First Dates was like big, but I think that like I'm thinking uh, Save the Last Dance, but that's not a. Oh comedy. yeah, and that's more like a teen thing. Yeah. Uh. uh uh never been kissed was a good one um those Um, then that movie sucks bad as well (laughs) i mean yo i'm just thinking like maybe you can't (laughs) you couldn't make valley girl in 2022 but like no seriously i guess like yeah i don't think there was there a movie like that for like i guess millennia i don't know man i think that for a lot of people our age it might have been like 10 things i hate about you uh oh yeah yeah, yeah, that's true I'm also just my... that because it's based in Tacoma, Washington, so it's like a, little, <laughs> a little bit of bias. <laughs> my um, my group of friends, we watched the film Jawbreaker a lot, but oh, I don't know okay. if that That's was a, a normal. I remember that one. <laughs> Jawbreaker and uh, Ginger Snaps, which are both yeah. pretty right. well, odd those, movies. Those are like horror, yeah, those are like yeah. odd, <laughs> horror, like ropes adjacent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh shit, man. Yeah, um, one thing too, I guess that uh, that I guess that I didn't like so much about this too was, um, I mean, I know that obviously it's sort of like 
it's this dichotomy between the valley and these like punk kids but there were no there weren't really many likable characters man which yeah. again i guess i'm repeating myself which is why i wanted more nick cage but it was just him the parents i guess uh julie's parents and even her i mean she was kind of annoying to be yeah. honest like a little bit like i mean everyone was just kind of like tepid a little bit like there weren't there wasn't enough dynamic like between the characters you have to have like shitty characters you hate in order to like enjoy the good ones and that's everybody's just kind of in this like frequency in the middle a little bit yeah 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 which is a common i was gonna say that's a common problem in kevin smith films as well is that everyone is just kind of the same and and it's as if one person is talking to themselves throughout the movie yeah they're just flat and one dimensional man yeah Nobody changes. Nobody goes through any sort of like big arc. I guess like the arc is supposed to be that we are like, will who will end up together at the end, you know? Yeah. But that's like, I don't know. If you don't like the characters, and and I think that's like why I was comparing it to things like just one of the guys and uh, Fast Times is because those are like very like character centric, and and there was nobody here to like really like. I mean, really the hippie parents were a lot more interesting than like somebody oh, like absolutely Julie, who was on the screen in almost every scene. I was like, yo, also too, it kind of made me like, I was like, all right, the parents, I guess that like Beth, I think you'll think that was her name, um, which is Susie's stepmom and the dad. I'm like, okay, yeah, it yeah, makes yeah. sense as an archetype or an archetype of like a Valley kind of parent, like upper middle class. But Julie's parents are fucking hippies. Yeah. And I was kind of, and they were cool as fuck. And I was like, yo, the apple fell very far from the tree because like, yeah, she's a fucking right? nerd. She's a loser. You know yeah. what I'm saying? She just wants to be like everybody else. Her parents, meanwhile, like her mom's doing fucking yoga when she walks in the door. Her dad is fucking smoking pot. Like they were the most interesting characters besides Nick Cage and that and his friend. I mean, his friend was weird. I guess his friend was just cool because he was him like Nick because they were just different from the rest of the kind of cookie yeah. characters. But yeah, they were all pretty flat. Well, between that and the three strikes, I guess we're giving this movie uh, three thumbs down. Huh? <laughs> I mean, it did. Oh, the aesthetically though, it did look. I'm not. I'm, I will have to give throw one back to this movie. It did look pretty cool. I mean, oh, it looked great. It looked great. I mean, I guess when they were driving down Van Nuys or whatever, and like, it's just. I, again, I love the '80s. I was born in 1990, but I have a lot of like nostalgia for that kind of. I don't know. It just looked cool. Like when I was watching it, I was like, man. I like watching movies like or shows like today, they just feel kind of like very flat. They don't feel very like dynamic or colorful. Um, I know this is a different movie and for anybody who hasn't seen it, sorry, but um, uh, Doctor Strange, the second one that came just came out that was directed by um, um, why is my fucking Sam Raimi? Yes, Sam Raimi. There was this scene, I guess, that he had kind of um, this kind of transitional scene i guess that was he was inspired by this japanese director and it was just very goofy and wacky and something that you don't see in movies today you know yeah so like i did kind of like again this film didn't really take itself too seriously and you could see that in the way it presented itself it was colorful and kind of fun and i did like that i guess just like google image search valley girl in 1983 and don't even necessarily like pay too much attention to what you're seeing but just look at the colors and like the vibe right like it's got it's just it's yeah it's it's a it's a five movie for sure yeah 
Good pal. Yeah, but I will say that that a movie that can be replaced by a Google image search is a pretty good damning like a little bitty dolly shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not, yeah. If you're if you're watching it on mushrooms and Googling it on mushrooms and it's basically the same, that's that tells you a lot about the film. <laughs> Yo, yeah. you know you know what though, to be fair, not to not to be like uh put on my like uh, uh, Marxist uh, cultural analysis hat, but I keep saying this movie was a product of his time, and like as we were saying, it's a vibes movie. It was literally just like, just like glitzy, like airless, like sort of like this. I don't know the zeitgeist of the eighties of like yeah. individuality, but mostly consumerism, right? And consumption. It's all consumerism for sure. Yeah, and this movie, I mean, it literally opens up with them like racking up. Like, you know, just racking it up and buying clothes and shit. And I did appreciate it for that reason. Like, it wasn't it wasn't something that I'd watch and I'm shaking my head like, God damn, we were fucked back then. It was more like, yo, we were definitely fucked. And we could we didn't even know how fucked we were going to be. But this movie was just like this time in the light when people were just like shopping and going, hanging out with their friends and getting fucked up and shit. Not that fucked yeah. up shit wasn't going on. But this movie has no political overtone, no message. Yeah. It's purely just vibes. The, idea, the ideology is just like good vibes and consumerism. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is just like one of those things that uh, people our age watching this back in retrospect is like, holy shit, people just did that. Like, <laughs> yeah. nobody's like, nobody's like struggling with addiction. No one's like having to go fucking leave the party because they're having a panic attack. You know, and like all all the teen all teen movies and and like uh, TV dramas now are just like. You know, a seventeen-year-old is pregnant and on meth. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're all just like so fucked up. This movie was like, no, dude, we're just gonna go shopping and get ready for a party for forty minutes, and that's yeah. What this we do. even for all of the misplaced and strange nostalgia of Stranger Things, this movie's a lot more like Stranger Things than it is like Euphoria. Which, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so which is like the teen content now and like since i'm a teacher you know i hear about all the things that the kids like and they're really just like consuming any content they can so like uh, us being old men uh the like we know about euphoria and riverdale but like the fucking garbage the neon colored garbage that the kids watch on netflix like any of those random series that you see pop up on Netflix, my students watch all of them. And really? I always wondered yeah. what for. <laughs> Jesus, dude. Yo, let me ask y'all a question, though. I never think about it. So I remember where Euphoria, so like the kind of like just like kind of pit these two against each other. I remember one thing people were saying about Euphoria when it came out, like older people like us. We were like, hey, man, like I definitely, are kids really like growing up like that today? Like doing, like I wish I did that shit. Like when I went to school, like, I mean, I'm not saying that people weren't getting fucked up, but I mean, this show just seems like, again, an exaggeration of character. Do y'all think that Euphoria is more representative of, I mean, again, they're also taking two different locations. I guess what I'm asking is Euphoria more representative of kids today or is Valley Girl more representative, you think? Of like a generation back then. Yeah, I don't know if that's a uh, fair uh, question. I would say Valley Girl is more representative of kids today. If, like, <laughs> Euphoria, you're the expert. I've actually, Euphoria I've actually uh, never so... seen Euphoria, so I can't really comment because I'm that's in true. my mid thirties and that's none of my fucking business. That's <laughs> true. I've never watched that. Yeah. Shit. Well, I say so are the the actors in Euphoria are also in their mid thirties, so it's fine. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean Euphoria is just like entertainment is an entertainment product. Like, yeah. Uh, it, they don't even really try to like make it seem like it's how teenagers live. I mean, like, 
actual kids are still like afraid uh, to have sex and stuff. Like that didn't change <laughs> in the intervening twenty years. Yeah, like, little boys are still afraid of cooties and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. like. My students are not like overdosing on fentanyl on a Friday night. Like they are yeah. still pretty much the same type of people as as uh kids were, you know, 10 20 years ago. But the 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 difference is that they watch this kind of stuff and my students also believe that like kids elsewhere are doing this. They they'll just be like, "Yeah, kids kids in California is crazy. I'm like, why do you think kids in LA are so much different than kids in Philly? Like, yeah, they're all children. (laughs) Y'all doing the same. Yo, you're so right. Like that scene when Nick Cage is in the shower waiting for uh, uh, Julie to come in and these kids are like walking in and doing drugs and talking shit. I'm like, yo, that's more representative of the shit that I do now on a Saturday night. You know what I'm saying? At a bar than euphoria. No one's dying of an overdose in the bathroom (laughs) stall. You know what I mean? It's not that every kid you know is either trans or secretly trans. Like, <laughs> that isn't yeah. that common, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's funny. It's like these shows take like the like, you know, when when I was a kid, and when even growing growing up and through my twenties and stuff, like the most extreme situation that happened to like one of my friends, like, oh shit, that's fucked, and like every character has that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah abuse or addiction or they're you know struggling with an identity situation like being trans or something like that like you know some sort of like major struggle everybody has that it's like well you know fortunately most of us don't have that like we're not all kids with super heavy problems exactly (laughs) exactly i mean you know it's just again it's just like vibes man like i gotta i gotta say that like watching everything now you're so right it feels everything now feels weighted you know and it was just kind of nice to like i mean one to get out of the space politics because i've been doing that shit for like months now yeah so i needed a kind of breath of fresh air i need an actual this is a definite palate cleanser for sure man it really was and it was vibes man like i was just stowed watching it and smiling with the colors and like this film maybe it was in the mall or like in certain scenes like the party there's like this golden like palette to the yeah. film sometimes and yeah, it yeah. Felt dude, like for sure it felt like floating in like you know viscous honey or some shit man it was just really it was really cool to just kind of sit there and like you know having the background to watch so i, I feel vindicated after whack dunked on me for my Google <laughs> <Star Trek recommendation. laughs> well yeah and we still have to we still have to uh we still have to do our commentary track for it so Maybe yeah. maybe you'll be able to convince me during that that this this movie is worth anybody's time. But Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um I mean, was there anything I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I found. Yeah, I kinda I kinda said everything I need to say. I don't know if you have any extra Caleb's always got his his special research and notes. I don't know. Nah, man. Honestly, else. there's you know, like I said, this movie isn't really like there's not a whole lot of like semiotic analysis or anything for, for this. <laughs> so, we actually talked more about like the culture and politics of it than I thought we were going to. So that was refreshing. Um, it's just a, <laughs> just a good little, a good quick, uh, it goes down easy. Well, you, you kind of had to talk about like the culture and politics around it because I think, you know, I think so our reaction, you know, yeah, exactly, dude. Our reaction, we we're watching it is like, yo, not only did how something like this could get made then, right? I mean, I guess that makes a lot of sense, but like, people really like this shit like yeah and why is that and like has my brain been warped because i'm supposed to look for symbols and signs and everything that i watch not just because of my politics but just because that's the way everything works now where it has yeah. to have a political opinion you There's know what I mean? some sort of like subtext it's telling three different stories at once you're like 
which one of these people yeah like there's no yeah. like big betrayals or, or you know twists there's no like is he actually is this like a, a murky uh is this like a murky protagonist situation or something <laughs> yeah. like you know <laughs> yeah this movie tells you exactly what kind of movie it's going to be within the first like 20 minutes absolutely man and, and, and i like that you know it doesn't try to pull a gotcha on you it's like i mean that's why i guess like in the first 40 minutes yeah i'm not gonna lie it was like yo what the fuck is going on but once mm-hmm. i figured it out i was like oh nice vibes cool. yeah <laughs> yeah shit all right so uh uh aaron what do you want to uh plug uh well i'll plug uh first the trillbillies uh trillbilly workers party mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, Everybody Loves Communism is another podcast I do with my friends Jamie and Jorge, where we talk about communist theory. And then uh, finally, Struggle Session um, with Leslie Third and Jack Allison, where I get to talk about Star Trek and comic books. So that's just pretty awesome if you like any of those things. And um, people can follow me on Twitter at a uh, like seventh or sixth or seventh account man at Borg Posting. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, like uh, I won't have to make a. By the time this airs, I won't be on another account. So, um, yeah, people can check me out at those places. And uh, thanks so much, y'all, for like um, for having me, and also for the palate cleanser. I didn't I didn't know how much I was gonna enjoy this movie, but I actually did. Yeah, Excellent. for sure. We'll have to have you back to do. Um, I mean, yeah. you know, Nick Cage's movies aren't usually overtly political, but there's a couple maybe that we, if you want to come back, we could do like a, a fun political analysis of some of these. I think so. We'd we'll oh, love to have oh, you back. I- I'm. I'm. De- I was thinking. I'm definitely down for any more political uh, or socially themed films he has, but also Ghost Rider. I don't know if you guys oh, have done, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> done that yet. So but- we haven't. We're talking. So the thing is, is we're we're like we're struck. We're so this will probably be uh, whack. Maybe this is the first. Is this going to be episode one? We don't know yet because we're putting a bunch in the can. But it'll be one of the first mm-hmm. ones. We're still figuring out which movies we're doing, and mm-hmm. um, it would be fun to do that one. to like juxtaposed with like the current MCU and stuff too. So if that's something you're interested yeah. in, that would be fun. I, w- I w- oh, I'm a nerd, man. I don't think people realize how nerdy I am, but like, I love, I'm not a Marvel head, I'm more a DC head, but I remember watching Ghost Rider and I liked it. And I also remember like when I watched this, I was like, yo, this motherfucker played a superhero dog. He's literally, <laughs> literally before the MCU, like you were saying, yeah. like before yeah. the MCU, before Disney got fucking Marvel, like, this motherfucker was like a flaming skull riding a motorcycle with the fucking chain as a weapon. That shit was fire, dog. Yeah, and it was like <laughs> an interesting point in his career where like things were starting to kind of go south for him. Like, there's a whole thing we can get into, and you know, maybe not. I guess, um, I guess, I don't know. We shouldn't talk about it till we have a plan. But yeah, it would be fun <laughs> to have you back. Point is. I think it's still important to note that we don't have a plan so that the audience is aware of that. <laughs> Who knows? Um, you know, Whack, your original suggestion was to do every movie, and I'm just like, dude, that's a fucking yeah. hundred and something movie. No, man, I'm not doing that. <laughs> it is It is also hard. He is the leading man in most in so many of his movies, um, but, like, the ones where he's not really in it, I do understand why we wouldn't want to do that. But also, like, um, for, like... Ghost Rider specifically is interesting because he's in very few movies that have um, sequels um, where he yeah. he doesn't really play the same character more than once. Not um, really. Like with this uh, Ghost Rider, what National Treasure? I can't really think of any other ones. Yeah, there's yeah. not really any other ones. I don't. You think. know what? I would say that Nicolas Cage is the perfect 21st century uh, late capitalist media man yeah. because he's just so amorphous and can just fit into any role. And it's just held this, like, maybe I'm kind of talking bullshit. I'm kind of joking here. But maybe seriously, though, it's kind of held this cultural purpose over so many different genres for, like, 20 or 30 years. 
very few people uh, in the pantheon of actors besides maybe like a, I don't know, like a Denzel Washington or, I mean, I can't even say Denzel. Denzel ain't playing no damn superhero, bro. Like a Will yeah. Smith, maybe. I mean, he just yeah. got canceled for slapping somebody. So, so I don't like, know, man. <laughs> just, halfway joking, but with like serious analysis is like Nick Cage's career, right? But one thing that I'll say, and we'll probably get into this kind of theory I've been developing <laughs> as, as we get into this podcast more. No actor, in my opinion, represents American decline better than Nick Cage. God damn. <laughs> yo, yo, that's real. Yo, that's real. Shit, man. Yo, you could, you could, I mean, people make jokes about this, but like. You know, it's like the joke where you could trace everything back to 9-11 type of shit. Yeah. But I do really right. think, like, like seriously speaking, like, not about 9-11. Like, just actors and their careers and just the way that, like, narratives within movies have changed, right? Like, I mean, all of this is because, like, you know, we're fucking this country is, like, you know, like, into like sliding into decline. But also, like, I mean, just the profit motive, you know? Like, there's yeah. no more. I mean, we could go into it. But, like, yeah, that's a really good point. Nick Cage is a, yeah. It really is, man. Damn. I wonder yeah. how he would feel about that. Yeah, and I think it's very funny that you brought up 9-11, Aaron, having not heard our other episodes, where 9-11 has come up in almost every episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, this, this is, is the first happen to come up. This is yeah, the first well, uh, and, pre-9-11 movie we've done of his, so. Yeah, and he's in and he's in World Trade Center. Uh, yeah. So oh, shit. <laughs> Dude, maybe, yeah, that would be a good one to have you back on for. Yo, I have not seen that, so I would love <sighs> to see that shit, yo. I would love to see I feel like it's very diseased. <laughs> A very diseased it is. Movie. It is a diseased movie. I watched it to celebrate 9-11 last year. And, uh, it is a very strange. It's it's sick in the way that all Oliver Stone movies are sick. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oliver Stone did that one too. Jesus. Yeah. Though. He's he's uh, Oliver Stone is a deeply unwell person in general. And uh, that movie sometimes really it is. works. Sometimes it really doesn't. I honestly have hated every Oliver Stone movie I've seen, including wait, the ones wait. that people are supposed to like. You don't like uh, what's the one JFK? Is that the one you don't? Like I haven't. Uh, I haven't seen it recently. I didn't like it when I was younger. Um, I just thought it was very weird. I might like it a little bit better, but like Platoon, I thought was really not good. And, and yeah, just... I didn't like Platoon that much. You like uh, yeah. Natural Born Killers? That was a pretty good. No, one. I didn't like. No, oh, I didn't okay. Like Natural Born Killers. I have not seen Natural Born Killers. Yo, Born there's so many July? movies, man. Which which one's that? Born on the, the Fourth of July. Movie. Sure. Uh, no, I don't like that movie either. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We'll save the Oliver uh, Stone discourse for season two, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. But, all right. Uh, well, I am whack with a silent H on Twitter, and Caleb is bird respecter. And um, thank you for joining us. Oh yeah. Thank Thanks. you for having me, y'all. Thanks, buddy.